0: Hey everybody! This is Kim Blackwell
1: and Louis Extravaganza,
0: and this is Work, Work, the podcast.
1: Voices for the voices that go unheard. All right, everybody! Today we have an awesome, awesome, spectacular. And if I keep talking and looking at her, I start start to cry. (laughs) Yes, I know. But we have Nikki Harris in the house today. Uh, Nikki is an American actress dancer, singer of pop, R&B, dance music, and jazz, perhaps best known for having been one of Madonna's backup vocalists from 1987 to 2001 and being the guest lead vocalist on various snap singles in the early 1990s. Today, Nikki fronts her own really, really successful jazz band, as she travels the world not only singing jazz, but singing uplifting spiritual vocals that still amazes audiences to this
2: day. Come on, be optimistic. (laughs) You gotta be optimistic.
1: (laughs) Please. help me and Kim welcome Nikki Harris to our hey, show. Hey,
2: Nikki Harris! Crowd goes wild. Hi, everyone. Hi everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey. How are you doing? Hey, hey. Nice to be here. Yeah. It's I... So sweet. I love it. Oh, so good. That's right. Eyebrow has already gone up.
0: <laughs> so you know.
2: I know. He's like, we're going to get into the We about to go in. On.
1: We about to go in.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, me and Kim love starting from the beginning.
0: Yes, and this is a full circle moment with Nikki. Yes. Talking it, this about is, jazz it's called because Genesis because if
2: you're going to start, start because right.
0: Nikki, y'all may not know, is from Jazz Royalty. I am. Royalty. Yes, My dad was
2: father's Gene Harris. From the Three Sounds, one of the main uh, first artists on Blue Note recording records there, and so, and it's weird because I'm one of their spokespeople now for Blue Records, uh, Blue, Blue Note at Sea. I do all their you know cruises and the, and I help get the um, artists on board uh to come and you know Don was as the president of Blue Note now and Dear Friend and so I do all that kind of stuff for them.
1: I mean legacy is I mean putting it really really lightly I mean you were born I think you were born singing would you wouldn't you say that?
2: I was born like a lot of girls in poverty in the black community in Michigan. Um, that That's what we did for entertainment because <laughs> we didn't have a lot to, it, you know. I mean, now that I look back on it, that's really what it was about. The church was, you know, one, a form of social gathering for us, but it was always also a way for my mom to know where we were. It was a way for, you know, black people kids to get together and be in something safe and, and at the same time you ended up learning how to sing pretty good so I was an okay singer when I was growing up my sister was actually the better singer I was kind of funny and a kind of a you know um, a good athlete I was a gymnast and did. oh really? I was a, yeah I was I was the most outstanding cheerleader in Michigan. Yes, from, yes, from like seven. Oh, I'm, I'm really aging myself. Yeah, so it was 1970. Can <laughs> <to, to, to, laughs> I? yeah, 1970, yeah. 1970, blah, blah. And so, and then I went to college to be a history teacher and was going to be a, a cheerleader at college and then the people at the college knew that my dad was a musician and they just assumed that I knew how to sing. And so one thing led to another and I started doing concerts on the college campus and then it kind of turned into a career.
1: I love it. Get Nikki, she could sing. I mean, her father's a jazz singer. Why not,
2: right? Well, what happened was I came, when I came from Michigan to California, my roommate at the time was also a grad student but she was also my stepmother's sister so she's but she was a classical musician so she had all these musicians throw this welcome to california party for me and they were all older and they were musicians so they were they kind of spread the word that oh i'm here and she sings a little bit because we all ended up playing around the piano that night so they were like oh she really can sing you know a lot of songs well i'm like well, that's what we do. And when you you know you don't have a lot of money you you make your entertainment at home right. you got four girls we a group come on let's make in front of the mirror or whatever and that's so it's four of you four sisters four sisters one's passed now um and two half brothers so my mom came into the relationship he already had two sons so so i call them my brothers but yeah six of us i'm the youngest
0: so your dad was he a touring musician was he touring when my dad was were a kids? prodigy
2: my yeah he was one of those prodigies so my dad oh god this is all about timing you know um my dad Grew up, still segregation, um, and he was a prodigy. And my grandfather um, was more of a farmer, American Indian, and black. And um, they realized that they had this son who could play boogie woogie. Now this is, you know, the '30s, right? Um, and so my my grandfather would take my father around. Just to earn change, you know, and then slowly, not ever really church. It was more like boogie woogie places and, you know, Chitlin Circuit kind of places. Then he started really making more money than even my grandfather was making, because my grandfather was farming, but also working at what was then called Bendix. It was a steel mill in in, uh, Chicago, not Chicago, sorry, Michigan. But it used to be where, where I grew up in Michigan was a vacation spot for Al Capone. Cause it was, my hometown is 30 minutes directly across Lake Michigan from Chicago. So it was a vacation spot for Al Capone. Right, And it's basically where the blacks lived. You could take a boat ride straight over to Chicago. And that's where Al Capone, the mob used to, um, uh, what do you call it, train their boxers. Cause the mob was in everything. They had the boxers, right. they had right. music, they had wrestling. And that's where all it was. And so my dad ended up getting in all the circuits where he would play for all these people. And before he knew it, he really became, you know, I'm not going to say that the music business had any mob connections, but you know, <laughs> there might've been, in, there might've been a time when the music was kind of mob run. Yes. Um, and especially in the quote unquote jazz world, God, Absolutely. you know, so that's what happened. My dad, you know, just by the time he was in like 18, 19, he had already been signed to, uh, Blue Note Records. How do you even find out that he's a pro- prodigy? Like, who has a piano? Well, there's always a piano at a church. There's, oh, there's always a piano. Usually, sometimes even in barber shops, you know, and stuff, and and he banged on one, and it, it was just like, you know, they knew. It might have been really super out of tune, but they knew he could really yeah. play. And my dad grew up, because he grew up in radio, they didn't really, he didn't, nobody had a record player right. at, his, at his time, unless there was a controller or something, but it was radio, so he grew up listening to Art Tatum, and but at the same time was listening to like a uh, what do you call it? It's um, Scott Joplinish kind of yeah. music. So it's right, like the ragtime, yeah, kind of the ragtime. Right. So he would play because he thought he was listening to two players, and he would play, and so it always his hands were so. They would say that he was, he was playing so busy that they it sounded like two players playing. That's wow. how amazing his playing was. And that's how he learned how to play. He played all these different kind of parts. So by the time, and that's as a kid he was playing like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, and just learning by ear. like Yeah, right, definitely by ear.
1: But how was life with your father growing up? Well. I mean, was he around? Was he always traveling?
2: Well, you know yeah he was obviously he was always traveling I mean he basically he met my mom when she was seventeen. They got together when she was eighteen and had a baby every year. She oh, yeah. had me when she was twenty three so she had a baby every single year and yeah, and he I just remember him coming in. It was a big deal in the hometown, and then by the time I was like thirteen thirteen I think twelve or thirteen, he started taking us on the road with him in the summertime, really so yeah, that was the best part was that. I feel really blessed that I got to see America. Right. Like, really see it, all of its dirty underlings, if you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> um, I mean, and I also stayed in every state park. Basically, he would take a motorhome and he would drive us to whatever town, whether it be Denver or, you know, Louisiana, and we would go to the state park, park the motorhome, and he had a little those, uh, it's not a Corolla, Datsun? Remember the, the Datsun? Oh, yeah. Little tiny car? And he would drive that to the gig where he was sta- playing. So basically, we would go into restaurants. I We dealt with a lot of racism and all that stuff. But it also let me know that there's a lot of good people out there, too. Let me know that America is... Vast and really really beautiful and I feel almost like I'm doing a disservice to my daughter because we fly everywhere so she's only seen America from you know above
1: <laughs> the where, topograph
2: <laughs> yeah and there's something that really happens there's there's something that happens, and it's what politicians know too. You gotta get down on the ground with yeah, people yeah, yeah. to find out what's really going on. What it instilled in me is that I'm not scared to go into places. Right. If they don't look like me, if they don't sound like me, if they don't pray like me, that part is what you know made it easier for me to go, I'm not scared of much.
0: To be a citizen of the world, yeah. really, yeah. So then you go
2: to college here in California? I went to college here in California um, and started you know, my first in know, singing job was um, David Sanborn. I don't know if you know, he's a jazz uh, saxophone. He came on the college campus, needed some people to sing some background parts and the music director of that college knew my dad and he had heard that I could sing and said, could you just, it's just like some oohs and some ahs. I just need singers and because he's not, you know, we're not, it's a college. We're not paying him much to be here. So can you, I said, sure, I did it. The next day, you know, after it went really well, he was like, by the way, Patrice Russian's coming next week. Can you do that too? And I was like, yeah. So after that concert, she was the one who's like, you know, hey, do you record? And I'm like, nah, I can, if you want me to. Started recording, doing some songs with her. That's when Forget Me Nots. Sending you, Forget Me Nots. Okay, so that then the next month, like, Michael Cimbello came. And Michael Cimbello had had a song with David Sanborn, the jazz, um, jazz saxophone player. And... Basically, he came and said, I want to know if you'll come to my house, which is out in San Fernando, and I'm recording this record. I don't know, it's for some movie, but I just it's going to be really easy. I just need you to say a couple words and blah, blah. Some and Ooze and Oz. It wasn't even Ooze and Oz at that point. And it was, She's a Maniac, Maniac on the Floor. So ended up doing that with him, and I was like, okay, now.
1: Just a small film
2: just yeah, well i don't know he, i don't even think he knew it was going to be really but he was writing so many songs at that point and after that he ended up doing Beverly Hills Cop and that was really what really blew it up for him now mind you at the time i always had a regular kind of gig that i was doing cuz i i ended up because of that i knew i could sing and i knew i had to make some money I ended up doing stuff like you know Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm and all these orange county yeah. oh yeah gigs i did every club from San Clemente to you know All up and down the coast of California I But start, are you just thinking this is just a side hustle now. This is called I'm just trying to make some money I'm going to be a history teacher I did two years of, of, of uh, Teacher's aid work okay. In Long Beach and that's when Long Beach was really Just starting to change As far as the dynamic of what Was going on on the streets Yeah. My first boyfriend was in Compton This is how square I was I'm coming from Michigan I ride my bike up Long Beach Boulevard now he lived past Alondra so you oh, know I'm deep in Compton. Yeah. finally one year his mom was like um you can't do that no more she's <laughs> like you need to pay attention you see all this gang group- I'm like I never even noticed we she wow go- she's like Stanley tell her she y'all can't <laughs> be doing this no more and she going something gonna happen to her so basically on the way back I run into this little you know, a little liquor store, you know, we would call it bodega away from. Over, okay. <laughs> um, bodega. Um, and they stole my bike. And his and his mom was like, um, no, that's it. Yeah. So that's when I, d- I knew. I done told you. I done told you. That's when I knew that things were changing. And so when yes. I was teacher, teachers aiding, I looked just like the students. And, you know, it was starting to get real boom, 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 sh- boom, boom, around there. And I was like, this feels weird to me. Right. And I was also singing. And that was like, felt safer. And I was making more money. So that's kind of, it kind of made, that made it, the decision for me. Yes. Of like, do I want to do this? I'm, and I'm teaching a class they don't really freaking want to be in anyway. Do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Is this really going to bring me joy? Am I going to take my life into my hands every time I go to, you know, because I was looking at kids I thought, he looked like he could do something to me, like for real. Right. Um, and I was still kind of like I am right now, a little geeky, a little like, clearly from Michigan.
1: And that is...
2: I didn't get my hipness until I met you. You know that. (laughs) I didn't get get anything until I met you guys. (laughs) I didn't even know what perfume or, you know, I got my New York, you know, vibe. I got got a little flavor when I met y'all. Anyway,
1: but that's the irony of your life path, Mm -hmm. how you're growing up in Michigan. Your father is this musician. He's taking you, you know... Mm -hmm. Through all these states. So your view of the world is already one way. I mean, you were already dealing with segregation in the, your early in your early days. Mm-hmm. And then you're going out into the world and seeing, you know, you're dealing with some segregation, but then dealing with really beautiful people.
2: I guess the big part that I left out is that my dad ended up having an affair with my mom. And what happened was my dad ended up marrying a very, very cool hippie chick out here in california so i had the influence of detroit chicago energy you know funkiness you know R and then when we go out on the road with them um with her it would be crosby steels and nash cream you know um all this like serious hippy dippy kind of love
1: social and, conscious work you know social conscious yeah, of that uh, time music. early yeah, 70s yeah, right.
2: like you know late 60s early 70s kind of stuff and plus we're in How many black people were going to national parks? I know that she probably gave him this idea of like, you know, this is what we're gonna do with your kids, which is fine, and it changed my life and it changed my perspective. Right. Because I understood, you know, the power of a sunrise. I understood the power of that. That people are nice. People who don't look like you can be nice.
1: So then you get to college and you're doing this college thing, and then you have this boyfriend in Compton, and it's and it becomes boom boom boom, and you're (laughs) like. Okay, well, uh, right. hold, yeah. on here. <laughs> hold on oh, here.
2: Laudy, laudy, laudy. Yeah, <laughs> and his mother knew that on some level that even though. I'm a black girl, and I'm, you know, definitely from poverty. But you know, I'm one of them, the people who didn't know I was, I was broke. You know, right? I was just like, the world is good. I'm fabulous. I, don't y'all know I'm fa- the party? Don't start till I get here, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. You know. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, very much. So, you know, sorry I'm late. <laughs> I got here when I wanted to.
0: Um, so, is your dad encouraging you to sing at this point? Not in- at all. No, 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 no.
2: By then, my dad is in boise idaho i'm out here my stepmother is being really really supportive of me going to college um the the grounding thing that happened to me as far as like i'm gonna i can do this i met bill medley and bobby hatfield from the righteous brothers Mm -hmm. and they gave me a solid gig like they were like you can always work with us because it's not you know baby they know you never close your eyes that was their big hit right right um and then they did you know um love lift us up where we belong so just singing background parts for them but it was a solid gig
1: now this is after maniac and after all of that this is
2: right after yeah this is after all that this is when i knew okay i'm gonna be a singer on some level but the the deal was they bought me my first car And they said, if you stay in college, you always have a gig with us. That's awesome. That's all. Yeah. Awesome. So they bought me my first car. Not my dad. They did. Wow. Yeah. And I paid them back by working for them. You know, I paid it off. Um, And what kind of car was it? It was a black (laughs) Nissan Sentra. Like when it came out with that like Uh, real sporty looking one. Oh, yeah. Nissan Sentra.
1: I remember the Sentra, right? was 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 it a stick shift?
2: It was a stick shift very very cool yeah you know, like did it a, almost so, looked like a sports car but you know it's cheap did one of
1: my friends run it into the ground
2: <laughs> probably probably because it, it was dead no you know because you know who you venus used to drive it sometimes yeah yeah she used to drive it that was my first car and i kept you know you know I me mean, i still have cars i still have cars in georgia because i'm just because i'm a michigan girl we grow we keep cars we just i never knew about people who turned over cars and oh yeah and every that's two not years, what we do yeah you know it's like no you cuz it's got to last through the winter and everything right. else. like why do you, why do you need to go get a new car you drive it till it dies oh, right yeah, put some new tires on that car and tell yes. wash it be nice to it and and i cuz because cars were never a status symbol for us. It was point A to point B. It was never like made you look something, made you feel a certain way. I never got into any of that stuff. Once again, I didn't learn any of that kind of crap until I met you. I didn't know nothing about putting on the right kind of sweater, the nice (laughs) shoe, and how it can make you feel, and that it looked, you know. I didn't know none of that. Robert Clare you're welcome. I had no (laughs) idea. I never (laughs) even knew (laughs) how to (laughs) say Manolo Bologna. (laughs) So, I mean, you know. None of, on, on none of my New Yorker friends. So Okay,
1: so they bought you your, your first car.
2: They brought me my first car. And they a... like mentors. Yes. And definitely mentors, yeah. I mean, literally just really believed in me, yeah. believed. And I, I still have really great friends from that era of my life. They had this chain of restaurants called The Hop, which was basically like a 50s. Do you remember? Oh, do you remember the... um. Movie *Pulp Fiction*. Yes. Where they go into like the the driver the, the, the like it, it, it was like the hop. Yeah. It's exactly. called the hop, and they had all these characters from. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. like it, that's it, what the hop was. It was Bill Medley and Bobby Hatfield owned it, but it was like you were in a soda fountain kind of kind of cool place. It and was like
1: at the Bevex. You remember at the Bevex on uh, exactly.
2: And so you would, but you would have entertainment. Right. So they literally had like, you know, Jan and Dean and all these people from the fifties. I mean, people, I didn't know. Literally this is how much I didn't know and how much I really wasn't clearly a singer yet. I remember one of my first rehearsals with them. So they're doing all, you know, cause I, we have to do all this fifties music and slowly we moved into the sixties and the early seventies a little bit, but, but we're learning all these things. And they one of the songs was shake, right? Yes, you know where I'm about. But I'm, because I'm one of the youngest in the band, and these are all the old guys who had done, they had worked with Elvis. They you know, they had they had worked with Jerry Lee Lewis, all these like late 40s, early 50s kind of artists. Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry came. Yeah, it was wow. that kind of um, uh, Chubby Checker came to the restaurant and sang, you know, and so you'd be eating and this is these would be be on the stage. So it was all but all that era. And one of the rehearsals, and and so I'm singing at the top of my line because I think I can sing. Shake. Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. shake Marilyn Monroe, and no, they're like, no. they're like, <laughs> no. but hold on, <laughs> shake Marilyn Monroe, da, 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 da. shake Marilyn Monroe, and they like, Nikki, what, what are you singing? What
1: are you singing, baby? I'm <laughs> dead right now. <laughs> that is hysterical. And
2: I'm like Shake, shake Marilyn Monroe. The and they're like, Oh, Nikki, no, baby, it's Shake, rattle and roll I'm like, I was like,
1: Oh, no, I, I, I liked it my way. Yeah,
2: I'm like, I ain't dead. old. I don't know these songs. They didn't play this song in my neighborhood, you know. So, and they, yeah, and that's basically with the whole band. That face I love how r-
1: you were feeling
2: loud. it. Feeling it, Shake. Man the road. <laughs> oh, okay. just, just knew that's what the name of the song was, Chell. I was committed. On it. I was committed. She was feeling her yes. church, honey, church. Yes. Give me a solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Carrying, as you would say.
0: So now you're in it. You're a singer now. So
2: now I'm a singer. I'm doing lots of gigs. I'm doing, you know, like I said, still always going... Basically, by the third year in college, I was on the road with um, uh, the Righteous Brothers, right? And I get a call from somebody that's gonna be going on the road, and her management was looking for me. Basically, Bill Medley said, "Get on the plane, and if you don't, we were in Vegas, and if you don't get the gig." come back you always have a gig i go there and it's like 200 girls i'm like what i don't even know what i'm doing here but bobby lyle who is anita baker's musical conductor met me at the airport he said this is going to be a very very important audition for you and i was like but you know i'm like bobby i don't really know this i don't even know who she is like what's going on he's like i'm taking you i'm making sure you get in there and
0: was this when she was doing
2: her first a solo album. This is when she was doing her first solo tour. Yes. Okay, the yes. tour
0: because she had been with Chapter Seven prior to that. But you're talking about Anita now.
2: Yeah. Who are you? Uh, no, 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 no. This is. This She's is talking about M. Yeah, I'm talking about M. Because. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Because yeah. the Anita, Anita for me was just like a, a, a one off, like two, okay. a couple, a couple of a couple of shows, and that was yeah. Right. No, 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 no. That was one that we. I went back there one time and got gotcha. Yeah, that was when it was three of us and she was like. <laughs> That's a whole nother subject. Okay, yeah. So you get there. this because that was after him, and she was like, "I was like, I don't really have to be here." <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah. So you get there. Just to, he. So he's telling you this is a big audition.
2: Yeah. And I get
0: there, and there's like 200
2: girls. And you knew who it
0: was for at that time. Oh, you didn't really know her. I, I
2: didn't really know her music. No, because I was okay. like, I was doing you know, Miss Thing. Yes. in Detroit. Right. And I was doing Patrice, and like yeah. you know, and then I would do jazz. I was do and I would do a lot of. You know, jazz, all up and down. Like I said, up and down the coast. Right. I would do Michael Simbello. Yeah. Was one of my regular gigs. David Sanbord, I still did a lot with. I'm trying to think, who are my other like gig gig? I had gone. I had done like one big tour to like Korea and like Japan and. But I was always I, I was starting to do sessions. Is what I was really starting to do more of re- recording sessions because of Michael Simbello. I was starting to do a bunch of sessions. I was doing R and B music. I was doing commercials. I was like the voice of Minnie, you know, Mickey. She's got a crush on. You mean stupid shit. Right. I was, that's not even stupid shit. I shouldn't say that. I was doing mailbox much. So, how did they find you? How did they know to. I was a singer. I was a dancer. I had done shows. I mean, I'd done, you know, performances where I, I could choreograph the dancers really quick. Yeah. I, so, you were becoming
0: known as that girl a girl, be- Who yes. was like right. a little bit you of can, everything. Right. Looked right. Yep. Looked
2: apart. And that's what, that's the thing that, that, that Bill Medley helped me with because I had done Vegas with them. I've done all these different shows where I could. Put the girls up and go, this is what we need to be doing. Learn the songs, like in, you know, exactly. two or three hours. Okay, oh, shows up. Now. We're ready.
0: Yes. Um, but you hadn't really done a, a, a lot of pop stuff at this point.
2: Not really. No. Um, it was George Duke, it was Jeffrey Osborne. Right. The stuff that was really black oriented yes. at that point. If I did, I don't remember it because it was so clouded by my life changed on that day kind uh, of thing. I'm- in that, because I didn't know her music. I wasn't yes. scared or anything because I knew I had a gig. And when I got there, it was 200 girls. 200 singers? Oh, yeah. 200 singer, dance, whatever. But I knew I had to be able to fit the costumes and learn 17 songs and learn all the choreography because she was leaving in five days.
0: So one wait. One of wow. the singers had. She was
2: going on tour in five days. Yeah, in five days because one of the singers had gotten, was ill.
1: Just for clarification, everybody who's listening,
2: don't say yes. yes.
1: she is talking about the big M. If you yeah. know who the big M is, come on now., yes. she's Madonna. talking about Madonna.
2: Yeah. So basically, and, and basically, I didn't know her stuff. Okay, so I get there and I'm listening, so Bobby's giving me, you know the tape. We'll Which go.
1: tour is this? Who's, who's that, that girl? girl?
2: <laughs> girl. She had oh she had only done the um what a could I dress you up in yeah. my love and she didn't have background singers. She had two guys. Oh okay. Yep. Know, she didn't she didn't have background singers at that point. Right. Um, and so our uh,
1: producer David is a big Madonna fan. Yeah. So you know he's Kvetching right now.
2: I'm gonna be really honest with you, cause well I'm gonna go back, cause I'm I'm seeing it through my eyes now, uh, cause right. I'm you know knock knock knocking on '60s door. Yeah. Um. No. I am.
1: Okay, we'll talk about that later. Go ahead. I
2: am. I'm, what I'm proud of, is I look fabulous. What do you mean? Fabulous.
1: <laughs> I'm fabulous, darling. I'm Just fabulous. fabulous. Darling.
2: Um, um, but I didn't know the person who was sick was a friend of mine. That was a life changer, too. Because I'm, you know, I'm a hood rat. I'm, I'm loyal to T. I'm see, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, no, I ain't trying to take nobody's job. Yeah. That ain't what I'm done. I'm not he, what I'm here for. I'm like, and I, and I, especially when I got a job and then my friend's sick, let's go figure out what's, what's going on R- and right, what's really happening with her. Right. Had I known, And that's basically, I get there, but, but I'm also competitive and I'm an Aries, I'm an Aries bitch. You know, I'm like, look, when I see all them girls, I'm like, oh no, I'm not sitting up in this. I'm not trying to be right. all waiting in line yeah. and to go sing some stuff that I really don't know. And I've, I'm on the way to the gigs, listening to the music on the way in Bill, Bobby Lyle's car. And I'm like living in them I'm like what right. for real y'all I've been singing jazz the easiest stuff I'm doing is the is the righteous Brothers a so, baby so simple easy but for the most part I go from that all the time to doing real real jazz yes you know yes. and I'm like I'm trying to sing glorious music as far as what I consider glorious. Right. You know, my dream was, you know, to stay with Stevie and like those were if I'm going to go and sing background for somebody, I got to listen to this music. I want to make sure it's something I want to hear. Absolutely. So I'm learning this stuff. But the cool thing was I loved the fact that she was dancing because I didn't really get to dance and move and show that, you know, I mean it was side to side with the Rogers nothing right. with Anita, nothing so like everything else was really just a background singer. Yes. So that's why I love doing those Disneyland shows and changing costumes and all that stuff. I right. love that. And and in recording, you know, nobody sees you. You're behind a microphone. So I knew that I loved doing shows. Bottom line, I get there, ask her, I go up to her, I'm like, Look, um, can I go first? Please, can okay. I just go first? <laughs> can
1: I can I can I just do this and can go? I just
2: do this. Because I'm, I look, I got a gig. I'm like, so not trying to be stand. And she was like, Who's this channel? Oh, girl. And that's where Debbie Mazar and I became friends. Cause she was like, Oh, girl. (laughs) Cause she was there as her makeup artist. Right. And I was like, Just let her know. just I'm like, I got to go. I mean, I got, and I got Bobby waiting for me. It don't hurt to ask. It don't hurt to ask. It don't hurt to ask. I sing, I dance, and Debbie's like, It's It's this girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and I can fit the costumes. Like, like why are we waiting? Like, I, I fit the costume, da, da 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 Then I find out who it is that's sick and da, da, da I'm like, and I'm starting to feel a little bad. And, but she goes, you got the job. Everybody else go home. Just right in, there on the I'm, spot. I'm in, I'm in the, I mean, she, I think she saw some, a few more people, okay. but by then Debbie's like, We're, this is all for show right now. This is like, just, because I'm in the back and they're already asking me, you know, to call Bill and let him know you're not coming back. And I'm like, I gotta, you know, I gotta replace, I gotta replace myself on Bill's gig. Right. I mean, the Righteous Brothers gig, and Madonna's like, um, get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. So he and she, Bill Medley in her talk. She hands the phone back. He's like, uh, she's paying you ten times more than I could ever pay you. She's gonna be, she's really huge. Blah, blah blah blah. And you're taking this gig. And I'm like, okay, you know. So, literally, the next five days of my life were crazy and you know i learned just rehearsing
0: learning all the choreography and the, sh-
2: the songs but it was more of a challenge because the stage was so big yeah. and just learning that kind of stuff and just a different that scale. was more of the, that was more of the challenge to me it was just like making sure that i wasn't gonna get hurt you know by not really knowing catwalks and doing like where am i going and like That kind of stuff. Putting on a costume, singing these songs.
0: So does it, you and back, did she have background dancers as well? Is it a whole? Yeah, dancers as well.
2: Right, okay. Mm -hmm. This is the Shabadoo and Angel Ferrara and the little kid. This is, open your heart to, all that stuff.
1: But it wasn't a lot of dancers. It was like three.
2: It was three because it was main characters. right. And is it Donna, you and Donna Donna at that Donna and Deborah Parsons. And what I loved about that tour was dancing on a treadmill. Really? That was like, oh, wow, this is really cool.
0: So are you thinking, you know, this is a gig, this is this one tour, and then I'm going to go,
2: you know, go about my business.
1: Back to the brothers.
2: I I felt like I could always go back and forth, but she blew up so big. And that was a transition for me in that I didn't associate my kind of singing with what she was doing, per se. But... All of a sudden, like I was getting calls from DJs and people who wanted me to sing on dance records and stuff like that. And I was like, I never really had that kind of thing going on. I didn't really like club music, and all. that wasn't really what I did. Because
0: when right. you say she blew it, what was was True Blue after after it was right at girl? that same time yeah. mm-hmm,
2: during that same time, right? Um, so all that Cherish, the, okay. that was all those vocals that we did. Those videos it just got bigger yeah. and bigger, and that's when the Herb all the Herb Brit start started happening. Yeah, and this is right before. So, this is like maybe a three year period that all that starts. We're recording all that stuff. And then that's when Blonde Ambition was about to happen. And that's when I knew (laughs) that it was getting so big that a lot of times I would get calls for other stuff. Yeah. And this was back in retainer time. Right. So, having you on a retainer so that you couldn't go do other people's. Because I couldn't go go out with with her. I couldn't go out with Janet. I couldn't go out with. Whitney, right. even though I had done Whitney's album, and see that because Narada Mark, Michael Walden, who was her producer at the time, was a dear friend of mine from Michigan. I mean, he and his grandmother used to give me cookies as a little kid. So I did all those Whitney albums with him, but I never got to go out with Whitney because I was a retainer. With- yes,
0: we get to Blind amb- Ambition, and you and Donna are in you. You your situation is so unique. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen really anything like it.
2: We got in the, very, very I mean, lucky. You guys
0: were front and center. You, there's, yeah. a, there's a movie called 20 Feet from Stardom. You yeah. see have you seen are it? in the background and yying yeah. in that. Because yeah. you guys are front and center. I mean, you're doing choreography. You're you're singing with her. You're doing bits. Well, like, I'm going to be me. really
2: honest with you. That whole, because I've getting, gotten asked a lot, why aren't you in that movie? Why aren't you in that movie? And I'll tell you why. A lot of singers protested that movie. Okay. Because especially background singers, because that movie was really supposed to be about Darlene Love.
1: Yep, it really was. That
2: movie was about Darlene Love, and what happened was the powers that be said she wasn't strong enough, or that story was not strong enough. Oh, come on. On its own, that they had to add all this other bullshit to our other singers' careers about being a background singer. It's like, no, this Darlene Love story, because Darlene Love was was my first boss, Bill Medley. That was one of their huge moments yes. in in, her, in in his in his life too yeah. because this is back in segregation yeah, this that's is right. back this is a f- that if that fucking story could not be more relevant I and mean, they were the green book that whole right. uh, that's of, right. of, 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 of you know if people would have had the courage yes. to let that story be what it was supposed to be about Absolutely. it was not supposed to be about hey look we're you know we're so close to stars <laughs> yeah it's like exactly. and, you know and, and what's it like to be a background So it's like it's not what the story's about so i felt on a on a lot of levels because there's saeed is not in that in that movie there's no, a lot of right. great backgrounds yeah.
1: and, but that's you know, not what i took away from the film what i took away from that film was the Darlene love story. Good. Yeah, well, good. absolutely. Yeah. De- most definitely. I mean... Because it
2: is her story. Yeah.
1: It's absolutely... I mean, it's definitely hers. I mean, throughout the... throughout the, I'm like, oh, okay, well, they should have just left it on her. Well, on yeah. her. This yeah. is really her movie.
2: Yeah. Big time. Big time. And, and, and she still has so much to tell now. And she's still so it's relevant. Still, she's yes. so amazing. Yeah. And that's the part that a lot of people don't understand. That's... Now, that's another story in and of itself that singers that quote-unquote, background singers, really have vast, beautiful careers that a lot of people don't know about because they associate them with other... Yeah, but I mean, do you think that's what happened to you? I mean, you
1: were, I mean, associated big time with... Um, I
2: still am. I mean, the good news is, you know, I still am very much associated with her. She's it's had like a gift several and a curse. other background
0: singers. Um. Yeah, but the difference, I think, with you, with the point I was making, is that you guys were... People knew your we name. We were Destiny's
2: Child before Destiny's Child. Yes, you were.
0: You were front and center. T- t- I, t- mean, t- I mean, yeah. you're we were, dancing we're, and you're doing the choreography. You guys are doing like comedy bits in between. You know, you were definitely part of people. I'm sure as you were touring, people were like, "Nikki, Donna." I mean, they knew who you were. They still are. Were. Absolutely. I don't. You can't think of. You know, we know, recognize, <laughs> and we're not. And, and lot, you know, we're, we vote, knew your name. we're voted
2: in, in Rolling Stones as one of the number one reasons that. Um, one of her best performances ever in her whole life, and her, all her career is with me and Donna, just me and Donna and her on the, on the MTV Awards, which was oh. my choreography, which was my- For Express Yourself, yes? Express Yourself, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying, which, which one was it? Yeah, the three of us. And I'll be really honest with you, this is when I knew something was changing in me, because I remember walking into rehearsal over on, Gower and and Sunset, Sunset, with the three of us. And I had seen Paris is burning. And I remember saying to her, we, because we were still still just doing like Bobby Brown stuff. Cause I was bringing like, just let's just try to do this. And I was seeing stuff that I knew she could do, old Michael Jackson, little, you know, that like running man stuff. And oh, I was right. like, that's kind of cool. But I was like, Madonna, I've seen this. I saw this movie the other night and they're doing this like really fast thing that, that was really cool. You guys were walking. I was like, let's incorporate that in. This is way before Vogue, you know, any of that stuff. But it was because I had seen, and she was like, oh yeah, I know what that is. I've done that in the clubs.
1: Well, what she was probably doing was whacking which is well, great and, and it well. was like, and
2: then but it was her that said let's all do the exact same move at together in a line and that was really cool um and so that collaborative e- effort on that particular so like i said it's, it's voted on in rolling stones as her number one best performance ever and then not that cool yeah it's and we cool. and they said that one of the reasons they like 12 reasons why this is madonna's best performance ever and 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 Don and I are considered number five. Like that, we're that you can't have better wingman than the two right. of us.
1: Because it was unheard of before and very and unprecedented. You know, she gave you. Well, I don't know if she gave you, but you were, you know, you were given that access to come from behind the microphone stand and really be up front and personal with the artist. Right. right. You know.
2: Well, you know, and it's you know, of course, hindsight is what. 50, 50 or 20-20 or, or whatever. 2020, 50-50. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, she owes me 50 50-20. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's the problem. And for me, it's 50-20. <laughs> um, no, um, I did not even know to be impressed. For me, it was still... I'm, I'm working with a pop artist, and for me, it was still... All right, this is fun, and I love dancing, and that's great, and I love all the screaming. But for me, the harder gigs were always going to the Birdland or going to Blue Note, or those were my hard gigs where I was like, let me, I gotta study, I gotta, I didn't really study for this show. You know, I didn't really, it wasn't like I was at home doing notes and like going, okay. Cause we are, li- what's yeah. that note again? In the material Wait a minute. Is that a B flat or is that a?
0: But the challenge was probably in a different sense the because now for it's me, a huge scale. I mean, once Everything again, I'm talking. Is... I'm
2: speaking of it. I mean, I'm talking about where I was then and where I am now. Like yes. I'm like, God damn it, that's my biggest. You know, uh, I don't, don't want to say regret, but just my biggest. Um, like when you've had a meal and you forgot to really taste it. Yeah. You forgot to really, really taste it. But I was just too young. Right. You know, we were in our twenties and. That's what the good news is. I met, I got to see both colors, both both. I got to see her become a superstar. That's right. right. And I remember laying in the bed with her, watching movies, and you know, eating popcorn, and you know, barbecuing with her, and you know, and then watching the transition of like, I think she's turning into another st- like, is that what a superstar is? And and then watching, you know, uh, as I slowly started to call, as I you know went went into my thirties, I I'm like, this is feeling very. Shakespearean and that it's feeling more Julius Caesar and as it's, you know, and she's creating the Senate around, cent, Senate around her. And are we on, in the Senate or a too Brutus? I'm like, I don't know who's who. And like, right. And every, every time we got around, it was another new crop of like, who are you? Like, yeah. I, we were just going to the movies and just meeting and just, and the only constant was really Debbie at that point, the constant as far as I know this
1: person Was Debbie on the Who's That Girl Tour? Yeah, so she did on. she she did makeup she on did Who's makeup That, on that, tour, that tour. But she didn't do makeup on She didn't
2: do makeup on Blonde Ambition.
1: So after Who's That Girl Tour, you start to record the Immaculate Collection?
2: Yep. Everything on there. Immaculate Collection is a lot of songs that were already on other albums. Right. But we did I can't, honey, you're, you're going to make me break down. I need to have the records in front of me. Because remember, <laughs> I'm doing a whole bunch of other records too. Oh, right. like I'm, doing, uh, there. I'm doing Tom. Um, I'm doing, you know, way too many people at that point. So, and you're also
0: doing your solo. Chicago. So you talked about like, you know, it's opening all these doors in terms of like.
2: Well, her, 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 friend, her friends are starting to call me now. Yes. Uh, her friends are starting to call me to yes, do other stuff. Because you're you know.
0: doing Jelly, you know, the Jelly Bean stuff. I'm starting to get
2: calls from Europe. I'm doing lots of um, I'm. Tr- I mean, if I can remember, y'all should have told me we were gonna go down, well, go down this I deep. Is... I can't remember all the albums. It's like. <laughs> yeah. it, well, that's how
1: that's how amazing and expansive your I mean, everything catalog from is. Michael
2: McDonald to Peter Cetera, from Chicago to you know I I'm Marilyn Manson. I'm just getting calls from places to do to do records, and I'm like, okay, I'll just go do this session. I go do this session. Go do this session, you know, and. It it wasn't so much that I was thinking that I was going to be some pop star. That was never, ever my intent. But then I realized I'm working for a pop star who's loving every minute. Not just a pop star.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the pop star, the female pop star, because there was the female, I mean, the male pop star. And
2: remember, for me, you know, and I was torn because, look, I loved Whitney. I loved doing her records. I didn't want to do that tour. There was no dancing. There was no you know, I love Ricky and I was like, I'd love to. I remember getting a call. Oh my God, I remember this so bad. Okay, this is, this is a really great story because this is when I knew, okay, I got a lot to learn. I get a call from Gladys Knight and I'm on with Madonna at that point. And she's like, I got like five dates I gotta do in Vegas. And I really didn't want to go out of town. I really didn't want to go to Vegas. And she then she told me how much she was gonna to have to spend. Now this is fucking Gladys Knight. Like, you know this is the shoulders on which I stand. Right. Um, and I'm like, and I, I'd been in the studio with Madonna. I'm like, I'm tired. And I'm like, Oh, Miss Knight, I'm so, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm like so exhausted. I just, I said, but I do have some numbers that I can give you that could probably do this gig. And I remember my father. Saying to me. Now, this is a jazz musician. He goes, a lot of reason them LA musicians don't get made paid. You know, talking about jazz musicians. If you work for $100, if you work for $100 how, why, why would we ever pay you $5,000 right. for this other gig if they right. know they can get you for this? Why would you ever do that? So, or, And then it turned into, you wear jeans to work, you're going to get jean money. You better put a gown on. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Put a gown on. I'm like, um, you know, I want gown money. Um but so i'm thinking and this is like i said it's in the retainer time so i was like i can't let it get out that i've gone on the road for this kind of money when i'm got somebody over here negotiating to get this kind of money over here so that's how i was rationalizing it now also remember once again i'm born in a specific time period this is no facebook this is no Cell phone, kind of. You know, I think I was just getting a cell phone. I met you guys, but it wasn't like everybody was carrying them around. Nobody, every nobody, everybody didn't have a smartphone for right. sure. Maybe a Motorola Flip, right? You know, um, but definitely not. It wasn't nobody like putting stuff on Facebook, and there was n- there was none of that kind of stuff going on. And I think because I was such a dinosaur, like I am now, I think maybe maybe i just had gotten call waiting you know what i mean i was like still there you know so she calls and i don't even know if it was a time when the number popped up and showed you was calling right so i think it was be- once you hung up a call it was gone i call my mother and i tell my mother you know oh god i think i just really did something kind of weird i said i told oh god it's night that i couldn't do the gig because i like and i explained to her, and my mother was silent and my mother was like who the fuck you think you are Mm-mm. Boo, I could cry right now thinking about this shit. She goes, who the fuck do you think you are? And I was like, Mom, but you, I, I just, I don't want to mess up anything that I have over here And in, in, in L.A. or not. So she goes, you call her back right now and you tell her you will sing for her for free. That's my Ooh. fucking Gladys Knight.
1: Saying, though. See? <laughs> I mean, I get, I get your... Blue, you, you see my eyes right now? Yeah.
2: Watering up. Yeah. Cause yeah. Because that's like, I was I mean, like, I see it was my your mama telling me that.
1: Well, I, exactly.
2: I was like, oh, mama, you're so right. Like, yeah. who the I mean, fuck do I... I was like, what? Oh, I done been in this world. I done, <laughs> been, I done got up in this world. Yeah. And these motherfuckers got me thinking some other shit. I'm like, I'm from the hood. No, no, no. I'm a loyal bitch. No, no, no. That is my girl. Who do... You know, I'm like... You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> like, oh... And then I realized I don't have... I, I'm i like, how do you get her number back? Oh, no. No. So and, and if that happened today, I could call her, I, you uh, know, yes. go back. But, but then I was like, Mom, I can't... I don't even know her management. I don't oh know. Gosh. She got my number. She called me. I call my mother back. She goes, if you... She goes, you figure it out. You call her back and you tell her you will do anything, she says. She says. do you know she's the reason that you can sing today? Right. Do you understand what she's been through? You tell her whatever she needs. You, she ain't got to do nothing but call you and you're there. I got the freaking, you know, verbal beating from yes. my mom. You be, Mama and needless to... to say. Did you call her back? No, I didn't get to call her back. But what I got to do, okay, here, this is how life works. I, I'm calling all these friends who I, you know, can you get in touch with her? Can you, figure, you know, basically, I end up seeing her at an award show with Madonna. She was there. And I literally fall at her feet. <laughs> yes. And she's like, and I was like, I hope, do you remember me? And she goes, I absolutely know, I know who you are and she goes and she goes and I love your work you guys were amazing you know because we opened and I was like I owe you the biggest apology I just want you to know how much I respect you Miss Knight and I'm just, she goes and she pulled me close she goes take that money go get your money wow you don't owe me no apology she goes you go get you go you go make your money like that and I said thank you so much she goes um, I said, but if you ever need me, just let me know. I'll be there for you. And I, right. she goes, I oh, know. She goes, oh, no, baby, it's all right. It's, everything's all right. She just like, she looked at me like it did in my, go get your money. Okay. It's like this fast. This, that's how fast it go. Go get your money. Thank you. Cause then, went back to my dressing room. Had to change out of the stupid costume we were in, my room. Right.
1: and get into your gown. Yeah.
2: Not, <laughs> no, no, and get back into my and get get into my you know platform shoes. At that point which <laughs> was what it was. I wasn't even a gown. Ga- I wasn't even in my gown phase yet. No, I'm in my gown phase now.
1: Yes, gowns. Oh goodness, look at the time, Kim. We're gonna have to finish this interview on our next episode. Yes, our first official two-part series. Right. Okay, guys, so on the next episode, we get into Nikki's quote-unquote gown phase and do a deep dive into what it's like being on tour with Madonna and me and how her music has evolved yet again in this stage of her career. So join us on the next episode of
0: work all right everybody thank you for listening to work podcast don't forget to subscribe and you can follow us on instagram at work podcast that's w-e-r-q-u-e-p-o-d-c-a-s-t
1: you can also follow me at workdanceclass.com where i teach a monthly class to people who want to learn how to vogue it's a two-hour workshop and please come and enjoy yourself and express yourself and sweat. So that's workdanceclass.com. And don't forget to follow us on IG, Work Podcast. And this is Lewis X
0: and Kim Blackwell.
1: And this is Work the